0: Church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Hands,
1: the... Church workers, amen. Gonna be a great Sunday morning for everybody 12 and under. Hallelujah. Let's open up our Bibles. We're gonna to look together in the book of Philippians, chapter 3, a familiar scripture. In Philippians chapter 3 this morning, glory to God, everybody's finding their places. One of the best sounds a preacher can hear is the sound of flipping Bible pages. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3, and uh, hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. It's, uh, it's been a great time for our family. As we look forward to a new year, um, I want to take the opportunity this morning as we gather together in the house of God and look into the Word of God, uh, when we are presented with a new year, it seems that we have the opportunity both to look back on a year that has passed and to look forward to another year that is coming. The start of a new year is a is a mark. It's a marking of passing of time. And uh, for some of us, you know, the years seem to roll by more quickly every year. And one of the realities of life is that we are not who we want to be. One of the realities of uh, as you live for God and as you uh, go through this life, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, there are, is no doubt in my mind that in the year 2019, you made a few mistakes. <laughs> there were some character flaws that led to some bad circumstances in your life. There were probably also some victories. We pray that throughout the course of a year that you know God would help us to have a few victories. But as we are on the precipice of starting a new year 2020 one of the most uh, uh, interesting things to me is people who make new year 's resolutions and uh, it 's interesting isn 't it that that when we make new year 's resolutions, we are not making resolutions for evil. in other words, I just want to be a stubborn jerk next year, right when, I, what I would really love is if I could just mess up my finances all all from the bottom to the top. You know when we talk about new year's resolutions, it's usually we've noticed something in the last year that could use some improvement, and we're looking to the next year thinking about how can I get better? And I think you know we, we, we make fun of people who make and break their resolutions. Uh, within the first three weeks. But I think it's a good plan. I think it's a good idea to begin examining who we've been, and it's a healthy exercise for us to look forward. It has been said that God did not make you with eyes in the back of your head. Your eyes are forward, they are looking ahead, and we as people of God, we also ought to be forward thinking. I recently uh, picked up a book that's uh, it's, it's, uh, called Atomic Habits. It's, it's a very interesting book. But the idea behind the whole thing is some people think that to improve your life, you have to drastically alter everything that's happening in a short amount of time. And if that's your idea, you will fail miserably. The idea of the book is that if you can put into your life a 1% change. Just change your life by 1%. And if you did that on a weekly basis, well, then your life is 52% better at the end of the year. Right? And you focus on the sliver. You focus on something tangible, something that you can do in order to put a change into your life. Well, this is a a message I've titled, Pressing On, because in the scripture we're about to read, we're going to find the Apostle Paul who's doing exactly what I'm speaking about. He is looking forward to the life that God has for him, the high calling of God. And I want to bring your attention on this pre-New Year's Day sermon about how we can improve on the things that we're not satisfied or we're upset with or that God has intended for us to get better in. So Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 12. Join with me there in the Word of God. It says, not that I have already attained, or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, But one thing I do. Everybody say one thing. He didn't have ten things. He didn't have twelve things. He didn't have, he says, one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Let's pray for just a moment. Father, we come by the blood of Jesus. God, we're asking you to help us today. God, we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to anoint uh, these words, God, in the ears that will hear them. I'm praying, God, that you would help us to be better next year than we have been In the last year, God, not for our own sake, not for our own vain glory, but Lord, for the glory of your kingdom, Lord, that we pray that we would uh, that we would shine the light of your glory into a broken and dying world. And we thank you for all that you've done, all that you're going to do in 2020 in Jesus mighty name. God's people said, Amen. amen. Let's look firstly at forgetting yesterday. Because our scripture begins with this idea that Paul says, I forget those things which are behind. One of the the problems I see with many people is uh, is that they are living life, and even in my own life, I can see this problem at work, is living life without an intended goal, without a purpose without something to attain. And if you found yourself in that stretch of life where it's like, well, I'm not sure what I want to do next. I'm not sure where my life is headed. I want to challenge you and encourage you today to seek the Lord's will. You know, it's often been said, that uh, how, uh, how is it that you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. That's all you can do. Some of us, we have projects happening in our lives that are bigger than what we think we can accomplish, right? You look at the mountain of debt that is in your life, and you say, how is this ever, ever? I mean, and it's easy for us to just just put it out of our mind and pretend that it's not there. Uh, We look at problems in our marriage or in relationships, and we think, oh, it's so messed up. It's so far down the road. I can't even think about possibly making a move to do anything about it. It's like eating an elephant. We think about the goal of planting a church here in the Virginia Beach church. That is our goal. That is what we want to do. But like planting a church, man, how could we ever possibly get there, right? And we we think about these incredibly huge, you know, God is a God who has called us to be busy for his kingdom. You know how I know that? He gives people things to do. He spoke, he spoke, uh, he spoke to a Noah and said, build an ark. Okay? An ark, we're talking about a ship the size of a building, you know? And it's like God put that huge, massive goal in front of him, and in the in the pre-flood world, man, it was just crazy. And there he is building. Where do you start on a project like that? And it's amazing that God gives him specific instructions. And so this is the problem that we can run into many times: is that if we're if we, there's these projects that are in our lives that are so big, what it really is is we begin to dwell on past mistakes. If we have the mountain of debt, we begin to think, oh man, I was just such an idiot. How could I spend all that money I didn't even have? <laughs> How could I have said that stupid word that destroyed a relationship that hurt somebody that I care about? And if we're not careful, these 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 monuments of our failures begin to dominate our lives. This is the deadly element of looking back. Now, it is helpful for us to learn from experience. But when Paul says, I'm forgetting what was behind, he is saying, I'm moving forward. I'm not getting stuck there. I'm not going to let the guilt of past sins, of omission or commission... We believe in the atonement of Jesus Christ, right? You know what that means, don't you? It means that the blood of Jesus has washed away our sins. He speaks to us in Romans and says, I don't condemn you anymore because all of the payment, the penalty for our sins has been paid for on the cross. That's an amazing truth. And that's not an excuse for sin. But what it is this morning is it's an opportunity for us to go forward, to know God, to not be forever dwelling on past failures. See, the gospel, what the gospel does is it resolves your guilt. Nothing else in the world can resolve the guilt of the human conscience. Nothing else. No self-help book, no psychiatrist, no pill-popping, no false religion. Guilt is a spiritual thing and therefore the cure for guilt, the cure for looking back has to be a spiritual cure. Titus 3, verse 5 says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Paul said in our scripture that Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. He got hold of my life. He changed me around. The guilt of our sins have has been dealt with at the cross. Hebrews 9.22 And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission you know what the good news about that scripture is Jesus shed his blood the perfect sinless spotless blood of God himself spilled on the ground and that perfect blood was given so that we our sins our guilt can be washed away and what does that mean for us today it means that we don't have to be stuck in the past the world has a lot of problems. Sinners have a lot of problems, don't we? But people who don't know Christ have a huge problem. And that is that their sins are still present, are still active. Their sins still have power over their lives. I'm not saying that Christians are, sin, are completely you know, perfected yet. We're not there. Paul says, I have not attained. But what he does say is that I'm not dwelling on the past. I'm not going to get stuck there. When God puts before me the goal of heaven, the goal of discipleship, the goal of starting a Bible study, the goal of getting married, the goal of whatever God's goal, that, and it's like, go and build an, go and build a, a, an ark. It's like, man. I don't even know where to start with that. And what that is many times is us looking to the past and saying, look at all my failures. Look at how many times I've messed this up in the past. I might as well not even try. And let me just tell you, the devil would love to keep you there for years. Because if God's people are paralyzed, then he is winning. And so, the challenge of this scripture that Paul gives us, he says, I have not already attained. I am not perfected. But here's what I do I am pressing on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Do you see here the symbiosis of holding on? The Savior to the saved, the Lord to the servant. That Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. But when Christ Jesus lays hold of me, it comes with a mandate. It comes with a challenge. It comes with an activity that when Christ lays hold of me, then I must lay hold of that for which He has laid hold of me. That every believer who comes into the kingdom, we have been given a purpose. We have been given a life to live. We put on Christ Jesus as a garment. We put on the life of Christ. It's a life that we don't deserve. It's a life that we haven't earned. But it is a life that we must pursue. And that's where we want to look secondly at living for today. Living today. Blessed forgetfulness. I am so glad that the only thing the Bible says that God has forgotten as He's forgotten our sins. Isaiah 43.25 I, even I, am He who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Can you process that? That the God who knows everything has chosen to not remember our sins. Micah 7.19 he will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. See, many are frustrated because we are focused on things that we cannot change. We're frustrated. We find ourselves uh, just eternally upset about something that we cannot change. Sometimes what we must do is what Paul says he's doing in our scripture. He says, one thing. I'm going to boil this down to one thing that I do. One thing. I'm not going to have a 12-step program. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do one thing. Forgetting which is behind, I am pressing forward. Let's read that again. Philippians 3. Verse 13, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward. Everybody say reaching? Have you ever had to reach for things? There's some short people in here. I I when I go to Walmart, I'll often get the short person, and say, Can you reach the top shelf for me? And I have to reach for those little short people. And 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 When you're reaching, man, there's a few things about reaching that are interesting. When you reach, it's like you are stretching yourself to your furthest capacity. There is there's an essence of uh, discomfort connected with reaching, right? It's not a comfortable thing. Sometimes it's a little embarrassing. You know, when I reach, if I have my shirt tucked in, all of a sudden my shirt starts coming untucked around the waistline. You know what I'm saying? Uh, All of a sudden you start seeing little flashes of skin here and there. And like, man, that's embarrassing. I don't want to reach. I'd rather just stay still. And that's how we get in our lives, isn't it? When we hear sermons about reaching for holiness. Or reaching for purity. Reaching to be free from those sins which so easily beset us. Like stretching, man... I don't know. That's hard. It's embarrassing. That means I have to deal with the fact that you know I'm still messing up. We have to focus our minds. This is one of the things I love about the Apostle Paul is he's able to focus in on what he's what he's trying to communicate. We must press toward the goal. Paul said in verse 14, he says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. And this is what I want to leave you with this morning is that we cannot be successful in a new year. We cannot be successful in our obedience to God without trust in tomorrow. So there are, there is finally here we have a hope we have an expectation we have a faith that tomorrow or 2020 can be better than 2019 2020 can that we can be more submitted to god than we were in 2019 that we can be more holy than we were in 2019 and listen you are not going to be able to do that unless you have hope what is hope Simple, more, uh, Maybe a, a simpler word is faith, a simple trust, a belief, an expectation that tomorrow will be better than today. Some people are naturally a little bit more cheery, a little bit more um, positive-minded than others. Some people are more the glass is half empty or the glass has always been empty <laughs> or the glass is broken. Some people tend to be a little more pessimistic, expecting evil outcomes. And you know, if you've been beat up by this world a little bit, that's what it'll do to you. This world has the effect, if, if we're not careful, we're not connected to God, we can become pessimistic and negative about the future. But can I tell you, when I look in this book, and what it says about tomorrow, and what it says about the future, I don't find negativity. I don't find something to be depressed about. I don't find something to be fearful about. Because I find something in here that fills me with confidence and hope. Paul had found something in the will of God that he's able to look To tomorrow with all the things that are happening in his life. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening in the Apostle Paul's life. Like, he's writing this from a prison cell, you know. After being beaten and tortured and kicked out of cities. A lot worse stuff than what you're dealing with today. But he can say, I believe tomorrow will be better than today. You say, that's easy for him. If he can look into the future and find some hope, maybe, maybe you can too. Romans 5, verse 5, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hebrews 6, 19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Feel that today. When, as the storms of life are tugging on you, The storms of disappointments and failures of 2019, and even the disappointments that have come as a result of your own character flaws. This is the hope we have, not in our own character, but this hope as an anchor is both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. Oh, I'm telling you, we have a reason to be hopeful. We have a reason. Listen, when we're setting New Year's resolutions for 2020 or or we're we're taking steps to, to improve ourselves, this is not just so that I can look better in front of people. It's because, beloved, I want to be pleasing to my Father. I want to be pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ who gave His life for me. And I want to glorify him with my life, with my words, with my decisions, with my money, with my actions, with my family. That's why we're reaching forward. We're stretching. Saying, God, yes, we're so blessed by the things that you've done in the past. But we're not going to get stuck there. We're going to step forward into God's purpose and plan for our lives. Paul says, I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. There is an upward call. Everybody say upward. Upward. That's a directional call. That the call that God has for us in Christ Jesus is not a call to the east or the west or the north or the south. It is not a downward call back into our sin. It is an upward call into who? Into the presence of God. God's plan for you is far greater than anything you could ever come up with. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. (laughs) You thought you had the perfect life in mind for yourself. You were way off. Because above anything you ask or think, There is a God in heaven who has a perfect purpose and plan and life for you in 2020 and beyond. And so how do we eat the elephant? How did Noah build an ark? What can we do? This is is what we should give our attention to as we start a new year is instead of focusing on the mountain, Maybe we should just focus on that first step. Instead of looking 20 years down the road and saying, oh, how's my family ever going to get worked out? Maybe we, can, maybe we can make a decision between buying Starbucks or Folgers. You know what I'm saying? We can make the decision today that if I take this step, it will lead to another step which will eventually lead me up the mountain. This is how we can begin to make small changes that lead to bigger changes. We have a reason to hope in the future. Even through our own failures and setbacks, even when we mess up and fall short, which we do, we have a God who calls us upward. Upward. Romans 8.18, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The words of the Apostle Paul, the words of Christ, the words of every New Testament and Old Testament writer, can I tell you, they are focused on what is coming. The hope of glory. 2 Corinthians 4.17, our light affliction you do a study on how many light afflictions Paul had our light affliction which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory we read it in our study of revelation revelation 321 to him who overcomes i will grant to sit with me you know who's speaking here right Jesus, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. What? Sit with the Lord on his throne? Are you insane? Which king do you know that would share his throne? He says, also as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. What a hope we have in Christ. What a hope we have for tomorrow. This is the goal worth living for. What we must do as we are presented with the passing of time. Yes, we need to learn from the past. We need to become wiser. But what we need to do even more. is: We need to not get stuck in the past. We must press forward into the high calling In Christ Jesus, this last verse, verse 15, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Paul leaves us with a with a gentle rebuke. He says, this is a mark of maturity. Some people will hear this and say, yeah, yeah, I want to do that. I want to stretch myself. I want to get better. That's the mark of maturity. There will be some, no doubt, that this sermon will be just like another sermon from, from any other time, and it will roll off your back, and we're just passing time. And, but that's, that's, many, that's the mark of an immature faith, an immature and an unexpected. And, and I want to ask you, God, God will reveal even this to you. Can you be open to hear the voice of God calling you up the stairs? Come. Come. Let me show you what good things I have for your life. If you, just, if you just focus on these things that are holding us back, right? It's these things, it's these little sins, it's the little foxes that spoil the garden. It's the little uh, mess-ups and the failures. And the, Listen, God has so much for us. He's got so much for you. If we will do as Paul, let me forget what's behind and reach forward to those things that are ahead let's press Amen. press on toward the goal of the prize let's bow our heads this morning as we bring this service to a close some people here the honest truth is that you've never truly known who Christ is. The gospel is a call to sinners. And before we do anything else, I want to speak to sinners. I want to speak to people who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. You may know a lot of things about him. You may have been to church a few times. You may have read the Bible. You may have said a few prayers. What Christ is really interested in is not just being learned about. He wants to be known. The Bible says he stands at the door of our hearts and he knocks. And To anyone anyone who would open that door by faith, anyone who would open that door, say, Lord, would you become my Savior? Would you be the Lord of my life? I humble myself, I repent, I turn from my sin. If you do that, the Bible says, you believe in your heart, confess from your mouth that He is Lord, that you will be saved. It doesn't say join a church and you'll be saved. It doesn't say open a Bible and you'll be saved. It does say confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you will be saved. And I'm wondering if there's someone here today you're not right with God, but you want to be. The call of the gospel is a call toward repentance. I know I've messed up. I've fallen short, and I need a Savior. Jesus is that Savior. We've celebrated His birth. We've celebrated His life and His death and His resurrection. But I wonder, is it personal to you? Are you personally born again, set free from the sins of your past? If not, I want to pray with you this morning. Spoke about that blood of Jesus that can wash us clean from every stain of sin. And maybe it is here today that the stain of sin is marked on your soul. He's here today to set you free. The Spirit of the living God knocking on the door of your heart even now. And you would acknowledge your need before a holy God. I wonder if that's you this morning. Would you do one thing quickly to slip up your hand so I can see it? I want to pray with you. I see a hand in the back. Is there someone else quickly? God speaking to you. Maybe backslidden in your heart, wandering from the Lord, distant, as Peter, who wandered from the Lord as the prodigal, left the Father's house. Is there someone here today wandering from your faith? Wandering back into sin? Maybe 2019 was a year marked, marked by bad decisions. What a wonderful opportunity to let the blood of Jesus wash you clean, to repent and say, I don't want to live like that anymore. Today we can make a change. God can empower us by His Spirit. And if that's you, I'd love to pray with you. You'd acknowledge that. Lift up your hand. Pastor, I'm not right, but I want to be. I want to be. I want to be right with God. Can I see your hand? Anyone else? Quickly. Quickly here today. Amen. You lifted up your hand. We want to pray with you here at the altar. Sister, would you stand to your feet? Would you come? God's going to help you. We're going to pray with you. Let me speak quickly to the church. Let me believe God with you. Maybe as our heads are bowed, eyes are closed for just a moment more, and as we consider a year that is past and a year that is coming, we find ourselves here on this 29th of December. We only have today to make decisions. We can't change what is past. You don't have tomorrow to live. All you have is right now. If you've ever been on a cruise ship, on every cruise ship there are deck chairs. Some of the deck chairs face forward to see where the boat is going. Some of the deck chairs are on the back of the ship to see where it's been. And I've discovered that there are many people who have planted their chairs firmly on the back of the boat, focused and dwelling constantly on what has been. But I believe that God would have us to move our chair, to stretch forward into the purpose and plan that God has for us. With faith this morning, faith looks forward, not behind I want to challenge you this morning. God's speaking to you about your life, about the challenges that have come and gone. Maybe God has been making it clear to you those areas of your heart and your character that are flawed and need to change. God says, don't dwell on the past, but look to the future about how much better your life could be, how much better your obedience could be, your holiness, your righteousness, your purity, how much better we could all be if we would simply surrender to the will of our Father in Christ. Let's stand up to our feet this morning as we bring the service to our close. And we want to just quickly open this altar for prayer. God's dealing with you and speaking to you. Would you come? Would you come?
0: We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.